Here we are again, looking into the rear pew mirror, reflecting on how things can look different from the last row of the sanctuary. I'm Doug Brook, and once every several years or so, Hanukkah starts early. Like, late November early. Like, the Christmas sales have barely even started for us to take advantage of early. Like, the fortune cookie is the only gift you're opening after Chinese food on air of Christmas early. In 2021, Hanukkah begins on the Sunday evening at the end of Thanksgiving weekend. As very nearly one rabbi will tell you, this is close enough to count as the one in a several years confluence called Thanksnika. In such years, Jews everywhere that Thanksgiving is observed face unique challenges. Faster than turkeys fell from the WKRP helicopter onto the parking lot of the Pinedale shopping mall, Jews everywhere have to recover from their tryptophan-induced comas in time to wrap presents, light candles, unwrap presents, and argue about whether jelly donuts can be the main course for dinner, or how you can have pancakes for dinner even if they're potato. By the way, that classic episode of WKRP in Cincinnati was based on an obscure corollary to the thought experiment known as Schrodinger's cat. Mr. Carlson's assertion, As God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. Aligns with the notion of Schrodinger's turkey, that until the turkeys were tossed out of the WKRP helicopter, to him, they both could and could not fly. But back to thanks, Nika. This is a real phenomenon that happens at least once a decade, give or take. You're wondering exactly how often? You're also deciding it's too much effort to look it up. I decided that too. Thanksnika really occurs, unlike some made-up holiday mashups that some hack might throw at you in a podcast episode after the High Holy Days or something. And the Thanksnika convergence of Thanksgiving and Hanukkah is just like other infamous rarities, like the frightening Friday night phenomenon Kol Nidre the 13th, the late December Hanukkah start called Krisnika, the early fall, late falling of Yom Kippur known as Yom Tober, and the talk like a pirate day overlap with different high holy days resulting in the occasional Rosh Hashanah or the Day of Atonement. Thanksnika is a particularly logical combination. Hanukkah itself is already a holiday of Thanksgiving. Not just because kids are grateful for the giving of presents, because they're not grateful, but because of the giving of a miracle that instead of arguing about how to spell Hanukkah for just one day, the rabbis were able to argue about it for eight days and still not come to a conclusion. But before we get too crazy with combining things, let's acknowledge it can have its drawbacks. Consider that the official animal of Thanksgiving is the turkey, and the animal of choice for Hanukkah is the elephant. No, not for eating. At the time of the story of Hanukkah, the Seleucids, which was Seleucid for Greeks, rode elephants. In fact, one of the five Maccabee brothers, Eliezer, was killed by an elephant. During the Maccabean Revolt, there was a revolting battle at Beit Zechariah. Eliezer thought he found an elephant carrying King Antiochus. The elephant was wearing armor fit for a king, though it probably wouldn't have fit the king. Eliezer decided to take out the king by taking out the elephant, so he stabbed the elephant in the belly with a spear. 
Now, consider from where Eliezer would need to commit this act. Apparently, Eliezer didn't consider it. The newly dead elephant collapsed on him, rendering him as flat as a pancake. And now you know why we eat potato pancakes on Hanukkah. Or at least now you know what I tell my students is the reason. Needless to say, but I'll say it anyway, the stories of Thanksgiving and Hanukkah are kept separate on Thanksnika. Not because they occurred over 1,500 years apart on opposite sides of the planet, but because no religious school teacher wants to describe Maccabean battlefields and no elementary school teacher wants to describe Plymouth Rock filled with turcophants. And what of the dreidel? After someone hits shin and is supposed to give up a bunch of gelt, on Thanksnika, would they get a chance to wet it all back by splitting the wishbone? But back to the main thrust of most Jewish celebrations this side of Yom Kippur, the food. Without the calendaric collision known as Thanksnika, Hanukkah can exist unsullied by the questionable culinary construct known as turducken. What's more, and worse, Thanksnika might inspire people to deep fry their latkes as they deep fry their turkeys, and there are plenty of online videos showing how that can end up. Worst of all, the Thanksnika merger can result in the cruelest conceivable compromise, cranberry jelly donuts. Now, for the nearly several Jews in the world who attend minion services on Thanksgiving, very nearly a couple are awake enough to remember that on every Thanksgiving we add a special hallel, uh, that's the recitation of a few special psalms on holidays throughout the year, which provides extra royalties to the King David estate. One of the psalms, Psalm 118, begins with Hodu Ladonai Kitov, praise the Lord because he or she is good. On Thanksgiving, we expand the beginning of that psalm using the Hebrew words for turkey, Tarnagol Hodu. So it becomes Tarnagol Hodu Ladonai Kitov, turkey for the Lord, because it's good. That happens on every Thanksgiving. We've also talked about the rarity that is Thanksnuka, but now there's something even more rare than that. A holiday so rare that if you cut it open, it'd still be red in the middle. Way back in 2013, a couple of worlds ago already, something even more rare than a normal Thanksnika occurred. Hanukkah directly overlapped Thanksgiving. Directly, mind you. Thanksgiving was late that year, November 28th. And Hanukkah began on that Wednesday night, on Erev Yom Turkey. Now, a quick look around the internet that month revealed massive debates of a kind not seen since the Talmud, mostly by people who'd never read the Talmud. Which just shows that Talmudic debate is in our DNA. These debates fought tirelessly yet exhaustingly about what to call this directly overlapping Thanksgiving Hanukkah convergence. Thanksgivaka, Thanksgivnuka, Thanksnuka, Thanksnuka any of those ending with one K near the end, or any of them with two Ks near the end, or Chanu-giving, or Chagiving, or Chanu-kiving, or Ringo. So many spellings of so many combinations that would make even the most accommodating spell check or autocorrect crawl out of your device and run for cover. 
But to stand apart from everyone else making hay, or Vav or Zion, from the Thanksgiving convergence, I had something unique to bring. Thanksgiving and Hanukkah in 2013 not only coincided, but they fell in the middle of a five-week run I had playing Tevya in Fiddler on the Roof. Yeah, as opposed to playing Tevya in Jesus Christ Superstar, though that would have been a lot fewer lines to learn. So, in honor of Tevya's little village called Anatevka, for me, it was the triple threat holiday of Thanks Nutevka. Tevya was a dream role for me, not just because of the dream scene in the middle of Act One. Though I have to admit, as a child of the 1980s, the first time I saw the film version of Fiddler on the Roof, from the first moment I saw Topol on screen, I had the same awestruck reaction as so many of my Jewish peers. Hey, that's Dr. Zarkov from Flash Gordon! <laughs> now, this reaction was similar to how the first time I saw the movie of The Music Man, with Robert Preston as Harold Hill, I said, Hey, that's Centauri from The Last Starfighter! When I finally saw The Sound of Music movie and Christopher Plummer's Captain Von Trapp, I was torn between, that's General Chang from Star Trek VI, or that's the bad guy from the Dragnet movie. Yes, in the words of Steve Martin's Freddie Benson in Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, I've got culture coming out of my ass. I was lucky enough in the months before playing Tevya to meet two of the all-time Tevyas. A few weeks before I was cast, at a theater conference, I met Theodore Baikel, who, by the way, at one point inspired the reaction, Hey, that's Worf's human father! But I didn't tell him that. I had directed the original stage version of The Sound of Music the previous fall and got to talk to him about the show a bit. He was, after all, the original Broadway Von Trapp before Christopher Plummer did the film. He even seemed to like the approach I took with the show, which was really cool. At any rate, since he played Tevya literally a few thousand times, I said to him that I hoped to play the role someday. I had no idea I was about to do it six months later yet. And so I asked him if there's one piece of advice he'd give about playing the role, what would it be? He told me, Talk to God like he's someone who needs to be argued with. Only later did I realize that could be taken a couple of ways, and I never really got to ask a follow-up. But I kind of took that dichotomy as part of his point. Then, just a few weeks before our fiddler opened, I got to briefly meet Topol, the film Tevye himself, at a film festival. At that point, one of us had a big Tevye beard, and it wasn't him. I asked him the same advice question, and he thought about it for a few moments, then said to watch the film because everything he could possibly say is in there. Ironically, at the same time as this fiddler was going up, we were starting up a small theater at the uh, JCC nearby, and the first play we did was Tevye and His Daughters, the 1950s play that allegedly helped inspire them to write Fiddler. Our play opened on Fiddler's closing night, <laughs> Directing that theater for all five of its years, that's the one and only performance that I ever missed. But 
as you can imagine, I had a good reason. There are many stories I can tell about playing Tevya. Some of them are even true. But here's my favorite utterly obscure story, which, back to our theme of thanks, Nika, I am particularly thankful for. Early in the show, Tevya's finally home just in time for the Sabbath and Gold is harassing him to go see Laser Wolf the next night after Shabbos is over. Tevya's praying or pretending to and keeps trying to shoo her away as she keeps talking to him. Now, I wanted to actually do a real prayer, even though I'm basically just mumbling. Uh, no, no, not anybody would really know the difference. But I picked something that is sung just before Friday night services. Something called Shalom Aleichem. Shalom Aleichem. Yeah, that thing. A couple of performances in, the first time I mumbled Shalom Aleichem and drifted into mumbling as Golda spoke, I heard a few laughs. Only then did it even occur to me, Shalom Aleichem is the name of the guy who wrote the original Tevya stories in Yiddish back over a hundred years ago. So it hadn't occurred to me, I, I knew Shalom Aleichem had written them, it hadn't occurred to me that if I was doing that, people who knew that would be like, oh yeah, he stuck Shalom Aleichem's name in there, how cute, and they would laugh. But that's not what I was going for. Shalom Aleichem is a song that welcomes the Sabbath bride at the beginning of Friday night every week. The final verse begins, Tseischem b'shalom, which means, go in peace. So, the final time I shoo Golda away, I brush her away with a gesture to go away while muttering, Tseischem b'shalom. Out of five weeks of performances, and I think well over 3,000 people, one night, I heard one person laugh his head off when I did that. Totally worth it. Well, that's it. I hope that the combination of Thanksgiving and Hanukkah doesn't result in eight nights of presents that are real turkeys. But every thanks, Nika, I am thankful to you for joining me here in the back of the sanctuary. Rear Pew Mirror is my longtime humor column, and this episode was based in part on my November 2013 column, A Trip to Thanks Nutevka, and just slightly based on Rear Pew Mirror's 18th anniversary column in September 2014, This Is Your Chai. Please follow Rear Pew Mirror on your podcast platform of choice and tell your friends about it. Give it a review, as long as it's a good one, and share the episode around. If for some inexplicable reason you didn't like it, Share it with your friends when they swooped in and ate that last latke on Thanks, Nika. You can read past columns at rearpewmirror.com and follow Rearpew Mirror on Facebook. Also, check out Rearpew Mirror's home publication, Southern Jewish Life Magazine, at sjlmag.com for more legitimate news and facts than you'll ever hear from me here. I'll talk to you again next time. Be good out there. <laughs>